Welcome back to Bert on Bluetooth on the MVP Life. Mental, verbal, physical. Think, say, do. In episode six, we are going to talk about having agency in sport. No, not having a sports agency. That's very different. Having agency in sport. Having control. Having the ability to affect positive change in the things that we think, say, and do. So what we'll do with this one is I'm just going to rapid fire the types of things that come front of mind when people say, well, how can you have that sense of control in the things that you think, that you say, and that you do? Um, We would all have to admit there are many things in sport that are completely outside of our control. So we're just going to set those aside and try to focus as much on what we can control. And then I believe that when we do that, um, that incremental change over time, the better habits that develop from it, and the progress that we want to see, I think it will show up more times than not. Um, can I promise wins on a scoreboard? No, but that's not what I'm after. Um, ironically, though, do teams that tend to have more agency in sport individually and collectively have more success when it comes to that type of thing historically? I don't have any scientific data, but my gut instinct would tell me absolutely um, those teams are, are likely to be far more successful. And they're probably teams that you've studied or talked about. Um, and here's the crazy part and the funny part all rolled into one. They're probably teams that if you're a fan of the opposite team, all the things that you don't even want to talk about. But the reality is they do it really, really well. So let's talk about having agency in sport. What can you control? Let's break down mental, verbal, physical with three other words. Mind, mouth, and movement. Some people would say, and and I've even been in that place in life where I've said, well, you can't really control the thoughts that pop into your head. And over time, I've begun, I've said this statement many times before too, that listen, you don't have to apologize for your feelings. You may have to based on what you say and do with those feelings. And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about having agency or that sense of control, um, that we might have more and more of a predictable response to adversity or chaos. That if we say, hey, listen, I recognize this thought. That's that thought of doubt. That's the thought of fear. That's the thought of being nervous. It's having that thought and then what comes next. That's the mind, right? Turns into the mouth. And yeah, sometimes it's literally what we say out loud, but a lot of times it's not even out loud yet. It's the self-talk. It's being able to say to ourselves things that are kind and reassuring and affirming. Um, And then it turns into that external thing that both, you know, is is an outpouring of what we've learned about ourselves, but seeing in someone else, hey, I can actually see on their face the body language is telling me that maybe their mind is full of fear or nervousness or they're about to be undisciplined with what they're going to do next because I can see the thought pattern coming out and the gritting of the teeth on their face. And as a teammate, going from mind to mouth, I can give them a word of encouragement that may stop them from the movement. There's the third piece that we all end up regretting. So whether that's helping ourselves or a teammate internally or externally, Um, walk through what it might look like to make sure that we're not going to make a decision that we're going to regret. 
with the next thing next thing that we do so that's kind of a, a overarching look at it um, another one that comes to mind I talk about this a lot as a coach the big three nutrition hydration and sleep and you might throw that in the physical bucket right but long before it shows up as a physical choice it's likely an idea that we're wrestling with mentally that becomes a conversation that we have either with ourselves internally or with people externally. And sometimes those conversations are with people that can help us and really want the best for us. And sometimes those are with people that are going to pull us in the wrong direction. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, I think there is a big difference between a critic and a critique. A critic is somebody that you may listen to, allow them to formulate some thought in your mind by what they say with their mouth that impacts what you do with your movement, your next choice. And oftentimes, uh, when I think about it from the perspective of a critic, I like to think about it this way, that I don't really think they have your best interest in mind because I don't think they really know you. It's the whole Monday morning quarterback thing. People are paid a lot of money in this world to criticize other people. That's, that's almost a sport within itself for some people. When you get into a critique, that's when it crosses the line to healthy to me, where it's someone that has done some life with you, has taken the time to get to know you as a person. Um, they know your heart. You have shared conversations over what your vision is, uh, where you're trying to head. Um, we've talked about your obstacles, um, your frustrations. You've celebrated milestones together maybe. Um, or been on the phone when you're going through a hard time, that critique comes from somebody that says, hey man, listen, if you're asking me my opinion, and since I know you, I love you enough to tell you, and then they share an idea or a thought or, or some kind of affirmation or encouragement or some kind of challenge and accountability, whatever it might be, um, that's a healthy thing to allow the things that you're wrestling with in your mind to become something that you listen to out of the mouth of a critique, not a critic that when we talk about how do you have agency or that sense of control with your nutrition, your hydration, and your sleep, put people around you that will hold you accountable and encourage you through a critique and walk away from the critics. You know, you're going to put really healthy choices in front of you maybe with your nutrition, and there will be no shortage of people that will tell you why you're crazy for doing what you're doing. Oh, live a little. Oh, lighten up. Oh, the, hey, listen. Just because their standard for their life is what it is, doesn't mean that you have to acquiesce to it to make them happy, to make them comfortable. If they don't get excited helping you chase your dream, they're a critic, they're not a critique. It's not coming from somebody who has your best interest in mind. So maybe the agency that you need to have over your life right now in sport needs to be based on a deep dive into what am I putting into my body with my nutrition and my hydration? How am I allowing my body to recover with sleep? Uh, the hours that I'm sleeping, are they all over the place? Are they inconsistent? Do I go to bed at different times every night? Do I get up at different times every day? Um, I don't have that anywhere near mastered, but I know what science tells us. I know the more consistent we are, and I know that when you back up from the bedtime, that the less screen time, and further away your last big meal was and all those things make an impact on how the quality of sleep is turning out. And we know that our body recovers best when it sleeps. Uh, when we've been involved in intense physical competition and sport, our body needs sleep to recover. 
So you may want to have that conversation. And, and it's not just for the student athletes, to be honest. I think it's the first thing we reach for. But what about the, the list of other people involved in sport? Certainly coaches, right? Head coach, assistant coach, position coach, assistant volunteer coach, whatever role you're in, role you have uh, in coaching, a staff member, an administrator, a parent, even a fan. Like how many stories have you seen and we try to make memes out of, we laugh about it the way a fan behaves in a game and in reality, if that fan saw it back later, they, you know, likely a lot of times are embarrassed by the choice they made. So whatever your role is, the more effective you are in having agency over your own body, whether that is mental, verbal, or physical, the more you're going to be able to look back at that journey and feel good about it and minimize the amount of regret that you have. Um, something I think that's important to talk about in, in we're talking about agency in sport, having agency in sport is your preparation. What are you doing ahead of time every single day to be ready for that moment? You know, myself included, very much myself included, over the course of my life in 47 years, I can look back and probably tell you endless amounts of stories of where I wanted to be at a certain place in a moment. And when it didn't happen, I really only needed to look inward and, and reverse a little bit and go, what was my preparation like? Was I really ready when the moment came? And I've used this phrase often in coaching, a uh, big topic that we all know about at any level of sport is playing time. Um, don't count your minutes. Make the most of your moments. I asked a student athlete one time that um, she was a part of our, our soccer club and, and she loved being a part of it. Her parents loved being a part of it. And she was actually playing soccer to kind of get in shape and stay in shape for another sport that was kind of her primary love. And said, hey, listen, like, I'll come train. I'll be around. Um, I don't you know, even need to go to the tournaments. I just want to be a part of what you're doing and stay in shape. And we had this one tournament where we were short on players. You know, it was over the summer and families take vacations and they spend that important family time. And we needed one more player to go. And I asked the parents, do you think she might be willing to go? Like, just be there in case. And so she ended up kind of smiling, laughing about it. She went. And over the course of two days, on a Saturday and Sunday, we ended up playing four games. They're shorter when it's in a tournament format. In the first game that we played, we ended up tying the game one-to-one. What's really interesting about it is the goal that we scored came from that player that came along who played, I think, about five minutes out of the 30 that we played. Like, right place, right time, and it was really cool. We ended up making it to the finals the next day, and we played that same team again in the finals, and we won 2-1 to one to win the championship. And I've always looked at that and said there was somebody who was just there for the team to be there, but boy, did she make the most of her moment and never worried about the minutes. And we've used that as an example. I've taught from that many, many times that um, everybody has a role and having that agency and sport to know what is expected of me in what moment in time, how can I best serve my teammates, and not only being a part of the team holistically, but kind of breaking it up into bits and pieces and parts that in each training, in each match. Because I'll tell you, as a coach, they're all different. Every practice, we're preparing for another match. The, the needle on what we're trying to achieve moves a little bit. We're trying to be consistent with we, who we are, 
and affect positive change in the next match we play and knowing the opponent's going to change. So that agency, um, there is some consistency when we talk about being a great teammate, saying, what can I do today uh, to affect that change? So when someone says, well, I'm not getting the minutes I want, then I'll give you an example. Maybe it's time to just look back and say, talk to me about the last week. How's your sleep patterns been? Um, when are you doing your homework? When are you eating? What are you eating? Why are you eating it? Now, what's your hydration look like? Are you running up to the field of play and chugging two things of water and then shocked that you're cramping not long into the game, but the last three days you haven't really done anything but slug down Diet Cokes? Um, you know, there's, there's usually a path backwards that shows us where we're stuck in the, mo- in the moment that we want to move forward. And, man, am I saying that out loud for myself to hear just as much as anybody. Uh, let's talk about having agency in sport as it pertains to our behaviors on the field, whether that is or next to the field, quite frankly. So a student athlete, a coach, a parent. Um, let's get real specific. Let's talk about vulgarity and cursing. Um, let's talk about a student athlete that runs down the field and drops the F-bomb as loud as the day is long. Um, in that moment, I think... I feel badly because that student athlete is teaching the officials in that game how to treat them. They're saying, you know, you're, you're going to lose the benefit of the doubt because you're kind of coming unglued here. And if it's being applied appropriately in sport, that person is being cautioned. You know, in soccer, um, that's where the yellow cards and the red cards can start coming out, depending on the situation. Uh, technical fouls in basketball, um, personal fouls in football. Every sport has their their line in the sand Um, and it's the same way and should be the same way for expectations of fans in the stands and coaches on the sidelines that having agency when that moment happens and someone allows the emotions of the moment to be bigger than than their response to dictate their response and I don't even want to say response because I've said this before too there's a difference between reacting in responding. See, I think we react, kind of knee-jerk reaction, as you might have heard, based on our emotions, based on the circumstances, based on the situation. This isn't fair, so we allow it to affect us, we react, we pop off, and it begins to kind of undo us as a team. The opposite response is a response. The opposite choice is a response. We respond based on our agency. We respond based on going, wait a minute, I knew we could be here in this moment. That call right there, I don't agree with it. It didn't feel fair. How am I going to respond? Because in a minute or two, that call is going to be so far in the rear view mirror and we've still got a rest of the game to play. If I allow the call or allow the decision that someone else made, whether that's an official's call, whether that is a coach's decision, tactically, substitution patterns, whether that is a voice from the stands, a parent that maybe is getting a little overzealous and barking out all kinds of stuff, or just um, a random person that someone doesn't really know, but they hear their number yelled from the stands, or they hear their name, and someone's mocking them. Like All of those scenarios will show up in sport, and to the person in the game, whether that's the student athlete or the coach or someone, are you allowing that to dictate a reaction from you 
where you come unglued or a response from you where you double down based on who you are and you maintain that, that agency, that sense of control in the things that you think, say, and do. Uh, again, your initial thought might be something very different than the words you end up choosing and the action you end up taking. And I applaud you for that because I've been there with you. you know, I've been there as a coach where I had at the collegiate level, mind you, a parent screaming at me from the stands um, and telling me what I needed to do with who needed to be playing where. And that parent was actually yelling about a player on the field that wasn't even their child. And my first thought, what I really wanted to do was turn around, single out the parent and kind of give my, my thoughts on the matter, if you will and go find somebody and tell them you need to eject that person and so my emotions were were initially in the thought process very engaged and not in a way that was going to be productive but at the same time i was able to not turn around double down and dial in on just being a coach and being there for my player supporting my player and players in that moment and by doing so i actually had a student athlete later on tell me that that was their parent they addressed it they dealt with it. And the funny thing is the student athlete apologized to me for the behavior of their parent. And I looked at my player and said, you don't need to. I appreciate it. I hear your heart, but you didn't do anything wrong. That wasn't your choice. Um, but I love the way that you were there for your teammate. And I love the way that you're putting the team first. And I love that you're learning that that behavior um, is just not appropriate. And that's a great great moment to understand the difference between having agency and losing it. That parent in that moment, they lost their agency. They lost their control. They lost their ability to be able to affect positive change on the team that their child was playing on. And they actually took it in the other direction, potentially, until I did not react, I responded. My student athlete did not react, we responded. We stayed in our lane based on the character of who we are, what we know, and how we're going to respond in that moment. And as a group together, we maintained our agency. And I have to be honest, after the whole thing was all said and done, it felt really good. Um, that's just another example of what it means to maintain that. I think there's plenty of things that we can do and provide for our student athletes to allow them to say, well, how can I, in a difficult moment, maintain that? What can I do? Whether that is... Um, knowing a player so well that in a certain moment as a coach, we substitute a player out. We can kind of see a building in their body language and we just need to give them a couple of minutes to cool off. Um, it's very normal. They're frustrated. Bring them aside and, and have a conversation with them um, and listen to them and talk about the difference. And I heard this recently, uh, playing with emotion or being an emotional, playing with emotion is great want to see that passion, that grit, that desire, that go get them. Um, being emotional is when we allow the feeling or the thought that we're having with the mind to turn into things that we say and do with our mouth and our movement that are inappropriate, that put us and our team at risk of being in a position in that match, in that game, in that contest that we really obviously do not want to put ourselves in or be in. And when we talk about sportsmanship. That's really what we're talking about. You know, tell me a team that shows the ability on a consistent basis to have the best agency. And that's when people say, you know, that team, 
there's something different about them. Win, lose, or draw, um, they just kind of have a way about them. Um, that's my hope for, for every team that anybody coaches, leads, plays on, is a fan of. Um, because at the end of the day, the lights go off, the scoreboard gets shut off, and if we put too much of our attention and measurement on the outcome of who won the game in terms of score, um, we're going to lose the game where it matters most, the mind, the heart uh, of the individuals that we're talking about. And I think we all have a role. I think it's easy to talk about having agency in sport and point to um, student athletes and coaches first. But I don't think they, in and of themselves, are alone in this. I think that I know that all the other people that have influence into their world, so the student athlete that gets to the college level, I've said this before, they come to us on average at 18 years old. You know, we're together from the beginning of preseason to the end of season for about three months when we first meet up. I'm not going to undo 18 years of character training in three months. As a coach, I can hope to make an impact in some small way and reinforce things that, that are good and healthy and positive. Um, but it's why as coaches at the college level, we say we recruit character first because we know that no matter how badly we want to teach and help and mold and shape, that the clock's against us. Momentum in that moment's kind of against us. Um, you know, here's a great example. Have you ever had a friend uh, dating someone and you look at that friend and be like, man, this is not a healthy relationship. Like, I just don't see you going into a dating relationship with that person being a good idea. And then your friend says to you something to the effect of, it's okay, it's not that bad. And then they say something along the lines of like, I think I can change them. I think I can make an impact on them. Um, most times it doesn't end well. And I really look at recruiting um, in collegiate sports in particular, much in the same way that we try to get to that stuff up front because, you know, when it's going well and teams are winning and everybody's in a good mood and you got an A on your paper and you're healthy and you're not injured, um, and you had your favorite meal that night, everybody's good to go. But you take a bump in practice, you lose a tight and tough match, you got a C on the paper, and you burnt your dinner. Who are you then? That's when we're going to find out. And it's those choices. Uh, I say this all the time. Here's a good one if you want to reinforce the positive aspects of having agency in sport. I say to my student athletes, after a training, after a match, when I'm about to kind of release them back into society, if you will, outside my influence. I'm not going to be with them for the next 12 hours of their life because I can't be with them 24-7. It's not the way it works. Um, I won't see them to the next morning or even the next afternoon sometimes. I will say to them, make decisions today, make decisions tonight that you can live with in the headlines tomorrow. I'm going to say that again, and maybe that's the that's the one-liner from episode six, uh, Bird on Bluetooth here on the MVP Life is, when we're talking about having agency in sport, make decisions today you can live with in the headlines tomorrow. Might it mean you're going to have to fight some feelings, some frustrations? Might it mean you're going to have to really choose your words wisely or just choose not to speak at all? 
might it mean that you're going to have to allow that that frustration and disappointment to turn into kind words to yourself and giving grace to yourself and showing compassion to yourself and not being hard on yourself every moment that you need to be perfect because you can't be perfect might it mean that you need to show that same grace compassion and mercy to a teammate how about to a coach from the perspective of a student athlete or parent or an administrator giving coach that time to kind of come down from the match and the training and reflect might it mean as a coach that in the moment you don't need a 10-minute sermon that after a game you just need to say to your to your team you got some stuff to work on i love you let's talk tomorrow and let him go I, i've done that um you know those are all different directions that those conversations we talked about this the other day and the connections um, those are all the different directions it can take but if we're going to simplify this thing today down to what does it mean to have agency in sport what does it mean to be able to take what comes into our world mentally choose well verbally and physically so that we think say and do things in a direction that will allow us to maintain the momentum that we're trying to build that moment after moment that we can be who we, we say we want to be and build a body of evidence that we can be counted on. Um, you know, what are some small things, some small takeaways as we wind up our time together that you can do uh, as you head into the world that you're going into as a student athlete, coach, parent, administrator, fan, whatever. Um, just take the mental, verbal, physical, mind, mouth, movement. Maybe make a list, a little short list to yourself. What are some of the feelings and thoughts that I have on a regular basis when I hit adversity? What has been my typical next step, if you will? Is it a reaction? Am I reacting based on my emotions and letting it get the best of me? Or is it a response? If you find your list showing up as more reactions than the things that you think, say, and do, just that's okay. Give yourself some grace right next to the reaction what a response would look or sound like. For example, in a match, I popped off and cursed and yelled and got a yellow card. Okay, that was a reaction. How do we leverage learning and grow from it? In that moment, maybe there's a three, five, 10 second breathing thing that I do to center myself. And I choose that when I'm feeling my most frustrated, it's three deep breaths before it's one single word. I, I don't know what it looks like for you, Maybe it's a hand signal or a head nod or eye contact with your coach and say, coach, when I look at you and I, and I give you this kind of hand signal that I'm telling you that I need you to help me take a deep breath, you coordinate something there and it just literally takes seconds and it helps you kind of catch your breath and make a better choice with what you're going to say and do next. Um, you know, though that's one way that maybe that's the simplest way today to walk away from this, this podcast is say, I want to have more agency and sport in my role. Make a simple list. What are the thoughts and feelings that I'm allowing to become unfiltered reactions with my mouth and my actions, my movement? And what do they look like when they're responses that are healthy and create trust and build relationship with my teammates, with my coaches and everyone around me? Um, that's it for today. I hope that that has been a blessing to you, um, to someone that you know, uh, that maybe there's a nugget in there that you can pull out um, 
the MVP life is not an accolade or an award. It's not trying to be the most valuable player. Here's the reminder. Just be the most valuable presence you can in the role that you're living in today, the role that you have, not just as someone in the sport, but a person heading into it in your head, in your heart, in the things that you think, say, and do. Just try to be the most valuable presence that you can be today. And you'll find yourself having far more agency, which will result in far more contentment and peace and joy on your journey. I believe in you. I know you can do this. There's hard days, there's easy days, and everyone in between. I experienced them myself as well. We're all in this together. I believe in you. I love you. Have a great day, and we'll see you back here for Episode 7 real soon.